Welcome back, everybody. This is the audio young adult novel audio podcast, and I am reading from my very first book, Supernatural Academy by Maria Grant. I will continue after this book is done. I will continue to choose different young adult novels to read. I did create a Facebook page. It's at YA Adult Audio. Um, So go check it out. Um, So you can just leave a comment if you say, hey, I have a book I want you to read next. And I can go ahead and read that next. Um, Even if it's a book that you yourself have not read, I will go ahead and read it. So we are going to be starting with chapter 17. If you have not listened to chapters 1 through 16 and you're just coming in at 17, welcome. Please read chapters 1 through 16, like, share, um, get the word out about the podcast, brand new podcast. I'm excited. I will be starting with chapter 17 today. Chapter 17 is called Road Trip and lies ooh, so that should be good um guys i just want to let you guys know as well that i am reading this book fresh (laughs) so i have not read this book previously before so when i'm reading it you guys are hearing it's the first time for the both of us so it's really starting to pick up though and i'm excited to see what happens next so again it's chapter 17 is where we're going to be reading from and that is called road trips and lies so let's get started Zaire stops his car three towns away from his home. He leans his head back in his seat as his passenger car opens and in crawls a person he hasn't seen in five years. The person is about five eight with long auburn hair that cascades to the middle of her back. She has a round face with a slanted hazel eyes and thin pink lips. I see you got your land legs, Zaire comments absentmindedly. He keeps looking forward over the rock cliff he's parked in front of that drops down to the part of the ocean. The person beside him places her small hand on his right thigh and looks up to him expectantly. I like it on land better than the sea, Ruby responds. You're a mermaid. The sea is your life. Zayar deadpans. I'm a shapeshifter. I can do what I want, she retorts with an attitude. Did you come to talk or argue? Zayar sneers. I came to tell you that some sirens were spotted in Portland. Zayar hums as he leans his head back against the seat. Isn't that the same place those hikers have gone missing? Zaire inquires. Ruby nods and leans in close. Sirens shouldn't be so far inland like this. Last group of sirens I knew stayed by large bodies of water on islands. Which is why I thought it was interesting that you know. Ruby states. We should check it out. I heard they were caught singing. Zaire snorts and leans across Ruby to open the door. 
You can get out now. He deadpans again. Ruby sneers and gets out before slamming the car door shut. She turns away only to walk back to the car, opening the door once more. Why are you so angry all the time? Ruby demands to know. We were good together once. No, we had sex once. Zaire quips. Big difference. I never promised you anything. Yet you've held on to this fantasy about the two of us. It's hardly a fantasy. Ruby crosses her arms. Your father has contacted my mother several times about us. I'm not my father. Don't rely on his promises. Zaire cuts her off mid-sentence. Ruby hisses her disapproval and sniffs. No matter whether you want to be with me or not, Ruby draws out the last word. If you want to contact the sirens, they won't talk with you. They'll try to kill you instead. At least with me by your side, they'll rein it in. The day a few sirens scare me is the day hell freezes over. Zaire scoffs, arrogant. Ruby snips. You're always so arrogant, and that attitude will get you killed. I know why you want to talk with the sirens. They hate magicals more than you do because of what happened all those years ago, but not all sirens care that you share the same villain, Ruby. Zaire says calmly, you have no idea why I want to talk with the sirens. You have no idea what is going on. So if you care about your life, then I suggest you shut my damn door. Ruby does as she is told. But still, she has to give one last comment. You'll be single forever with that attitude, Zaire. You're cold, Ruby shouts. He responds by rolling his eyes and speeding off. Zaire isn't interested in a relationship of any kind. The only thing that consumes his heart and mind is vengeance. If he can use this distraction as a means to calculating that vengeance out, then that's exactly what he'll do. Spending all that time in Japan has truly opened his eyes to what's really going on, and he plans on taking full advantage of it. While Zaire decides how he'll get in contact with the sirens, Kaya's with her mother talking about the New York trip. I don't understand, Kaya, Mrs. Cotel states to her daughter. You have midterms coming up in a couple weeks. Shouldn't you be studying instead of riding off with some boy you just met? Kaya sighs at the kitchen table as her mother paces. Reed is hardly just some boy, Kaya stresses. Is it even safe? Mrs. Cotel barrels on as if Kaya didn't just speak. You're magical and apparently hunters exist. I think it'll be safer for you to be on campus, surrounded by people who can protect you. Need I remind you a werewolf was just killed on campus? Kaya raises a brow. Mrs. Cotel scowls. Is that supposed to prove some point? Or make me worry more. I'm, I'm confused here. Mrs. Cotel practically screams. God, I am going to get gray hair with you. She finally sits down and runs fingers through her hair. Kaya's heart lurches in her chest. The day she found out she was destined to die, she was stopped by Anders before she could tell her mom the news. Now she just keeps finding reasons not to do so. It's easy to push it to the back of her mind and let death happen. But if she does that, 
then she will be no better than her own father or Anders. Her mother deserves the truth. Mom. Kaya chokes up and tears swirl her eyes despite herself. Mrs. Clotel grows concerned and gets up to give her daughter a hug. It makes Kaya cry harder. You know Anders has visions, right? Of course, Mrs. Cotel says as she takes a seat beside Kaya. His visions, they're, they're premonitions. Kaya can't even get the words out properly. Her mom grabs her hands and pets them gently, but that only makes things worse. Will her mother be lonely when she's gone? I'm going to die. Kaya blurts out the admission as if the words had a mind of their own. Her mother goes still. Kaya goes for broke and divulges everything that she's learned. She explains how Gates' mother has a coven. She explains Max, Chase, Chase's grandfather's findings about Anders' vision and everything in between. She admits how terrified she is, how unfair this all is, and how she doesn't want her mother to be left alone. Her mother is painfully silent for ten minutes before mutely getting up and heading to the top shelf in the kitchen. She grabs a bottle of vodka and takes a swig. I don't have anything to say. Mrs. Cotel murmurs as she takes another swig. Her face skewed up in a grimace. Kaya wants to state wants to state that her mother didn't say anything at all, but she understands her mother needs time to process to grieve. She just lost her husband, just discovered this secret identity of his and that her daughter is not only a part of this secret world, but is destined to die as well. How does one process this information? How does one cope or deal? If Mrs. Cotel is going through the five stages of grief, she'll need time to deny that any of this is even happening. Denial. Such a blissful feeling. Mom, can you say something? Kaya pleads into the quiet atmosphere. What do you want me to say? Mrs. Cotel yells as she slams a butt on the counter. I don't believe any of this, but if you think going on this little road trip is that important to you that you'll just make up this grand lie, then just go away. But let me tell you something. This lie is pretty low. Mom, Kaya's voice cracks. And her mother cuts her eyes so she's looking away from her daughter. It hurts Kaya to her core. But this is how her mom needs to grieve. She has to respect this. Kaya just hopes the others will be there for her mother when she's gone so she won't have to be completely alone. Ding dong! The bell ringing brings Kaya out of her daze and she grabs her black duffel bag by her feet. She stands and goes to hug her mom but the woman turns her back on her and Kaya gets the hint. That should be read. Do you want to say hi? Kaya questions with a hesitant tone. You should go. Mrs. Cotel responds with a sad voice. Kaya nods and heads to the door, opening it before slamming it behind her. She lets Reed guide her to the car before breaking down. She cries into her hands and Reed panics before reaching out and covering her shoulders. Her body falls into his like a mold. What happened? Reed asks, concerned. I told my mom everything, Kaya admits. 
Ree takes a deep breath as he grips the steering wheel tight. Now that they're in the car. Didn't go to a huh? He states the obvious. Understatement of the century. Kaya groans as she lessens her tears. She's in denial of the whole thing. Turn her back to me. And now she's probably drinking an entire bottle of vodka. Ray chuckles a bit despite himself. Eh, sounds like my grandmother the first time I came out to her is gay. Ray laughs at the memory. She still thinks I'm going through a phase. Your mom will come to accept this sooner or later, but... In the meantime, try not to dwell too much. My hope is that we'll find a way out of this one way or another. I'm sure she's still in shock over the whole supernatural and your father dying grief. It affects people in various ways. I appreciate that read, Kaya admits as she looks out the window. How did you, how did it go with getting Anders to let you take this trip without him? I told him it was something I had to do alone, Reed responds. He proceeded to ignore me as he claimed that wasn't a good enough excuse, so I said I was in love with you. Kaya's laugh comes out so hard, she doesn't even have time to cover her mouth. That's the worst lie you could think of. Kaya holds her stomach as she leans forward to laugh. Reed, you're gay. <laughs> I'm a bad liar. Reed blushes as she begins to get on the highway. As she begins to get on the highway, as they begin to get on the highway. But I'm glad that you agreed to do this. It's going to be fun. We're skipping class to road trip it to New York, Kaya boasts. I know it will be fun. It has to be, Kaya thinks to herself. This might be the last chance she has at a normal life. Not wanting to dwell too much on the negative thoughts. Kaya closes her eyes and listens to the music as they set themselves up for the eight-hour drive. They only stop twice for bathroom and snack breaks before making it to their destination. The hotel is some five-star Marriott that Kaya could never afford in two lifetimes. They check into their double queen-size bed suite and Kaya jumps on the bed closest to the air conditioner. She likes the cold. Ooh, feels like a cloud. Kaya snuggles on top of the blanket as Reed goes around using Lysol wipes on everything. Kaya smiles at the scene and grabs her phone to see Sophie asking what room they checked into just so Sophie can make sure they are safe. Kaya lets her know and then tosses the phone beside her. Your mom? Reed inquires as he wipes the remote. No, Sophie. Kaya answers immediately. She wanted to know what room we were in for safety reasons. Reed's eyes grow wide as he groans. Don't tell me. Reed's complaint gets cut off by a knock on the door. Kaya raises a questioning brow. She hypes, hops off the bed and innocently shuffles to the heavy door. There stands Sophie, hands on her hips, along with Yates, Malcolm, Anders, and Declan. Hey, guys! Kaya seems pleased to see them all, but Reed is livid. Getting away from Kaya for a few hours was going to be easy, but from everyone? Did you honestly think we were going to let the two of you live it up in New York without us? Sophie chastises. We caught a plane and booked this hotel as well, obviously. She seems to answer all the next questions. Right.
where you scoff because God forbid you lot do something because God forbid you let us do something on our own. I'm sorry. Is that an attitude I sense? Selfie half jokes. You should have stayed home. Reed replies. He wants Sophie to hear his every word. He's upset. Genuinely so. This trip was for him to snake to a local shop and pick up the drawer book. Now he'll have to find some way to hide this book from everyone. Perfect. The problem with Reed picking up a drawer book is that the book contains illegal and dangerous black spells. It's a forbidden book in the realm of magic. And if the council ever catches someone with said book, then that can be grounds for death. Druids and anything associated with the druids is completely banned. The others, they wouldn't understand and would try to stop Reed just like his Uncle Charlie. But this is something that has to be done. Hey, we can do what we want, Declan retorts from the back of the room, closest to the door. And you lied to me, Anders eyes in. You're in love with Kaya? Anders snorts. You're gay, Reed. G-A-Y. It was a horrible lie. I couldn't even believe you decided to tell me it. Reed wiggles his nose and turns his head away. Kaya and I needed a bonding trip. And we wanted to escape alone, Reed decides to play defense. I have this hole set up for the two of us to live it up and test out our powers together since we at least have full control over what we're capable of doing. We aren't scared to test our limit. Wow. Anders whispers, low blow, bro. He shakes his head in disapproval. Kaya feels sympathy for both twins. Reed is obviously going through something as he's using this trip and Kaya as a means of escaping his own reality. He's even lashing out at his own brother. Poor Anders. What is wrong with you? Sophie interjects. Using your brother's weakness against him is freaking disgusting. I can say leave me alone in six different languages. Would you like to hear? I can start with German. Reed quips. Sophie's lips snarl up and Malcolm wraps his arms around her waist. Hatred, anger, these are emotions he's fine with them having towards him as long as he can do what he needs to do to save Kaya. He feels connected to her, like a mother to a newborn child. He wants to protect her and he knows this is the only way that he can. Reed has always been the weakest, not because his power was weak, but because his mind was. He never felt confident in himself before, and he always felt less than because of years of verbal abuse from his father. However, with Kaya and everything that she's been through, he feels like he can actually help her. Feels as if he can finally use his strength and his knowledge for good and protect her like Andrews has protected him his whole life. He doesn't just want to help Kaya. He needs to. Matter of fact, I'm leaving for a few. Reed grabs his keys, filling her wallet, and storms out of the hotel room, sighing heavily as he reaches outside. He phones a lift ride and waits for the car, only to have Yace bump bubbles with him. <sighs> You're up to something, Yace Mary states. I don't need to know what. 
but don't take it out on others. It's not okay when Declan does it, and it's not okay when you do it either. Reed stays quiet as he looks to the ground in shame. Whatever you're up to, I'll help you because we're all family and that's what we do. Whatever is going on must be serious for you to say what you did to Anders. I want to say Kaya's life. Reed croaks out of his guilt bubble. I think I found a way to do it, but it's dangerous. And Gates nods his head because he understands. And he didn't want anyone to stop you. He's finished for Reed. Exactly. Reed stays honestly as he checks his phone to see his writer's three minutes away. The New York sidewalk is crowded with a cluster of people bustling about. It is six in the afternoon, so people are getting off work, going shopping, out to eat, and just meeting up with one another. Reed could easily get lost in the city. Hey, Yates bumps shoulders with Reed once more. Hmm? Reed replies. Why are you so hell-bent on saving her? Yates inquires, and it's a good question. I've never been able to save anyone before, Reed admits. Just once in my life, I want to know that my life mattered. That I was able to save someone else for a chance. It might seem so mundane to so many, but to me, it's something I needed. He can't explain it any other way. Then you have my support, Yates states. Nothing else is said. They just get in the arriving car and pull off to the next destination. Just make sure you apologize properly to Anders when you return. He didn't deserve that. I know, Reed states. Because that's all he can say. Sadly, this is only the beginning of the lies he'll be telling his brother.